Hey there, welcome to Fleet FYIs, the weekly podcast by Utilimark that reveals how you can make the most of your data for Sperner fleet management. My name is Gretchen, and every week you'll hear from me and some of the industry's finest in candid conversations that will shed some light on not only two decades worth of data insights, but some of the industry's hottest talking points and key metric analysis with the aim to help you better understand your fleet from every angle. But before we begin, if this is the first time you've heard our show, thanks for stopping by. I'm so glad you decided to come along for the ride with us. But I've got a quick favor to ask you. Once you've finished today's episode, if you could take a few minutes to leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform, we would really appreciate it. Give us a rating, five stars I hope, or tell us what you liked or leave us a comment or a question about what you've heard in today's episode. But if we haven't yet covered a topic that you're interested in hearing more about, let us know. We would be happy to go over it in detail in a later episode. If that sounds good to you, let's get back to the show. Hey there, and welcome back to a new season of Fleet FYIs. Before we get going for another exciting year of new content and guests tackling some of the most talked about industry news points, I just wanted to take a second to thank you all for all of your support during the last year when we initially launched this show. Honestly, we couldn't have done it without you, and we're always so thrilled to hear that you enjoy the show and the guests and the topics that we're bringing forward just for you. So with that, happy new year, happy 2021, a new year, which means a new season to get cracking on with. And one thing that you'll probably notice going forward is that not just for fleet FYIs, but for Utilimark and the rest of the fleet industry as well, there's a huge focus on sustainability and fleet electrification that we just can't ignore anymore. Nor should we be. I mean, caring about the environment is cool, right? But I'm not asking you all to go out and hug a tree, though it would be kind of funny if you wanted to. But one thing that I'd like for you to think about is this. Sustainability and sustainable policies are much more achievable than one might initially think. I know that when you hear things like government mandates, new policies, and the you must be X percent renewable by X year and look for alternative fuel replacement, that it can seem pretty intimidating. I'm very aware of that. But that's where we're trying to show you that sustainability isn't just about purchasing the next release of electric vehicles from some of these massive manufacturers, though this could certainly be an avenue that you might want to pursue in the future. Instead, rather, it's more about taking charge of your goal setting and understanding your key performance indicators, like fuel consumption and reduction of idle time, to mention a couple. And those are what truly make a difference. I mean, baby steps, am I right? To help me dig in a little bit more to this topic and the future of fleet electrification as a whole, today I'm joined by Mark Stevens, manager of the City of Sacramento Fleet, best known for their green fleet achievements as recently as 2019 and a sustainability policy that paved the way for Mark to win the Fleet Manager of the Year Award for 2020. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the Fleet FYI's podcast. We're so happy you could join us. Well, thank you. It's great to be here, and I thank you for the invitation. The pleasure is all ours. So I wanted to get started, firstly, by congratulating you on winning the award for Fleet Manager of the Year last year. I mean, such an impressive accomplishment. Could you tell me a bit about what that was like? Well, it was a bit of a shock when I was first contacted and told I'd been nominated, as well as a bit humbling. 
because I've never really been one to focus on or highlight any of my accomplishments. So it was a bit out of my comfort zone to talk about what we had accomplished. And, and I do say we, as our sustainability efforts, couldn't be achieved without a total team effort. So when I can probably say I've got the best team in the business, so it was, uh, um, it was, it was a great experience. That's awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about the sustainability efforts that um, ended up getting you nominated and then overall winning the award? Well, um, I think the biggest impact for us typically revolves around our fleet replacement program. Um, we can make the biggest and quickest impact by replacing our older gasoline-powered vehicles, which is obviously pretty, uh, pretty common sense, um, with electrics, of course. And as we continue to purchase zero-emission vehicles and alternative-fueled vehicles, but we also constantly focus on all the other impacts and ways that we can affect our sustainability efforts, such as, and this is a big key uh, to our sustainability program, we're monitoring our vehicle idling and our fuel consumption, our route optimization, our off-peak EV charging, and then, of course, new technology and all it has to offer. So we're constantly reviewing and running pilot projects for the new and innovative technology. So we're always always focused on on what what's on the new on the horizon. So overall, I think as a package, it's uh, it's what allowed us to uh, um, to be effective with our sustainability policy. That's awesome. And, you know, obviously you're very aware that fleet electrification, sustainability for that matter, it's a massive topic of discussion these days. And for good reason, right? You know, everyone's focused on, for the most part, I would say, how they can make the environment a little bit better and more sustainable for the long run. So do you think you could give me maybe a little bit of insight as to how this push for electrification and sustainability affects you on a day-to-day basis? Well, I... As I, as I just mentioned a minute ago, we're we're on a day to day basis. We're just focused on what we can do with our um, with our reporting, our fuel consumption, our emission reduction, everything. And it isn't just about vehicle replacement. It's everything you can do as a fleet manager to make sure that you're focused on on all the different aspects of everything dealing with sustainability. So, um, and again, we do this daily when it comes to our replacement, when it comes to our reporting, sending those reports to our end users, making sure they're aware of vehicles that are idling uh, for excessive periods of time, making sure we are, um, in fact, we've gone so far as to program our electric vehicles to start charging in the evening at off-peak hours so we can take advantage of the lowest rates. So just everything um, surrounding vehicle and fleet operations. I I mentioned um, route optimization, you know, having a a great telematic system that allows us to identify where vehicles are. So our our users, if they have need of sending a vehicle to a particular area, they they can locate their closest vehicle and reduce the response time. So just pretty much everything that revolves around um, operating a vehicle and we focus on on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So with a movement that's 
this size, right? And for myself personally, coming from a journalistic background, I always like to get to the root of it, um, you know, what it's coming from, who's driving it. So in your opinion, because obviously you've been doing a lot with sustainability and that's awesome, but do you think that it's customer or consumer driven in terms of the movement itself? Or do you think it's more the manufacturers trying to get ahead of potential mandates and looking for perhaps maybe more innovative technologies? Well, obviously, I think that the focus on global warming has had a tremendous effect on the momentum to a more sustainable future. And I believe that the sustainable effort right now is more customer and consumer driven than the manufacturers or the OEMs um, because of the government mandates. And they seem to be driving the factor for the manufacturer side of the equation. So right now, I, I think it's customer related. I would envision and hope that someday the consumer supply and demand model will eventually take hold and drive the sustainable momentum into the future for the manufacturers. But uh, right now, I think it's customer based. I think you have people out there that are really concerned about the environment and really try to focus on what they can do as an individual. Um, so purchasing EVs for um, for their normal operations, I think, is helping to drive that right now and i don't think the manufacturers necessarily are and, and and i think the mind the culture is is beginning to change but at first i think the manufacturers were strictly um building evs and focusing on evs uh, because of mandates and because of uh credits and so forth that they were able to achieve from from the federal government so um but right now i think it's it's customer driven but i'm hopefully seeing a a change in the manufacturers I know right now. Um, several OEMs have a um, multitude of EVs and hybrid vehicles available. So I think they're starting to get the uh, the idea that this is the future. Hopefully so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, one can only hope, right? And, you know, speaking of government mandates, um, I've done a bit of research on the Renewable Fuel Standard, um, the RFS, for people that are more familiar with the acronym how does that fit into something along the lines of governing either your decisions or perhaps another fleet's decisions for sustainability in the future? Well, I think that the city of Sacramento were ahead of many of the mandated policies, though although they don't necessarily influence our decision. We are aware and update our fleet sustainability policy to continue to move that bar forward. So we're constantly making sure that we're, uh, we're on that leading edge, if you will. But, uh, um, so the renewable fuel standard, as you mentioned, is is one of the mandates. But I think we're we're quite a bit ahead of that curve just because of of our sustainability policy and the goals and guidelines we have established for vehicle procurement and alternative fuel use. We have mandates that that dictate uh, uh, our replacement has to be a specific. In fact, uh, right now all all our light duty vehicles have to be zero emission. 75% of everything we purchase has to be zero emission uh, vehicle right now. And uh, 50% of everything we purchase has to be some type of alternative fuel. So we're always trying to stay ahead of that uh, those mandates and, and try to be a leader in the industry. Mm-hmm. So does maybe some of your inspiration come from perhaps other cities or other countries, or is it purely trying to stay ahead of the curve that you mentioned? Because there's some countries like the UK, um, Boris Johnson had just put out, I think it was maybe about a month ago now, that they were trying to 
basically be fully electric by 2035. And there's other major metropolitan cities in Europe and even in the US or China that are doing the same. Is that maybe an inspiration point or is it just solely for the want and the need to be a sustainable fleet that you have? Well, I, I do take inspiration from their efforts on the electrification, of course, um, and not strictly from a competitive standpoint, but it's really, you know, of a, you know, U.S. versus uh, us versus them, if you will. But really from a informative view and looking at what other countries are doing. So we can I think we can do our part to help electrify our fleet with the bottom line of reducing our greenhouse gas emissions and kind of as a partner uh, with looking at, like you say, Europe and some of the other countries that are doing this. Um, I just think it's fantastic that people are understanding that this is necessary and in the future. And so it isn't necessarily a competitive uh, awareness. It's more of a, you know, partnership, if you will. So when I see, see them do what they're doing, um, I just, you know, feel that we can, we need to match that and do our part to, to help as well. So, um, so kind of a, a two-edged sword there, you know, we're, we're both ways from competitive and from partnering with them. So. Sure. Yeah. And so just out of curiosity, then how do you feel um, perhaps some of the policies that Europe, China, the UK, what they're putting in place, how do you think that'll affect the U S going forward? Do you think that it'll start to rub off? I mean, quote unquote, rub off. I, I think it will, obviously, um, you, know, you know, countries and, and not getting into the political side of things, but there are always um, things that the U.S. is, is trying to be a leader, I believe, and in many instances. And uh, um, so that that edge is there, that that competitiveness. But uh, I definitely think that um, you're going to see our um, government understand that obviously we can't continue to. Uh, consume petroleum fuel and and some of the um, the potential health hazards, obviously that we're seeing, and the and environmental hazards. So, I uh, definitely will see and hope that our government will step up and and um, I know uh, California obviously they've fallen um, been following Governor Newsom. He stated that uh, there will be no gasoline powered vehicles purchased by 2040. So he's pretty much along. Um, created mandates along those lines already. So I think you will see other uh, states follow and hopefully the federal government will, will help support that. But um, and I do think we are understanding what other countries are doing. And I, I hope that that's helping, um, you know, sway our decisions and, and some of our mandates. That's awesome. And I love that you brought up um, the mandates that California is putting forward, because I think out of most of the states in the U.S., California is very clearly a massive leader in terms of the sustainability front and electric technology mandates, infrastructure requirements in the U.S. Could you tell me a bit about how that you know affects your fleet now looking into the future or maybe even just electric vehicle adoption, like a new mindset adoption going forward? Back in 2007, our city council understood the importance of being the capital city, obviously, for the state of California. And they wanted to be on that leading edge, as I mentioned, of sustainable sustainability efforts. So this led to the creation and approval of our city council and our fleet sustainability policy. You know, this is going back 14 years ago. So we are focused on being on that leading edge of sustainable efforts. And we continue to update our, our sustainability policy to reflect our efforts. Um, in fact, this led our 
effort to the city of Sacramento being awarded the number one green fleet in North America for 2013 and again in 2019. So we're, we're always trying to, if you will, lead by example. So, um, and I don't see that changing in the future. Obviously, we're going to continue to do that. Um, right now, you know, I'm focused on obviously electrifying our fleet. I don't think that uh, even though we have a zero emission vehicle, um, uh, what I want to say, a section in our sustainability policy, I don't see us migrating necessarily into the hydrogen side of things right now, just from being a government fleet. The, uh, the cost for hydrogen fueling stations are quite high. So I think electrification right now is the most cost effective uh, way for us to enter the sustainable market, if we will. So, um, in fact, we're focused, like I say, into the future as well. And right now I'm in the process of purchasing our uh, first electric refuse truck so that we can, uh, you know, we have a, a rather large refuse fleet of over 100 vehicles. So I think that's the future as far as refuse goes. I think electrification is definitely a viable fuel. It's just making sure that we can get the technology to match the uh, the operators' uh, requirements for for daily uh, route uh, utilization. So right now, uh, we're you know we're always tr uh, testing pilot projects with companies. I'm being approached all the time um, to pilot some type of new technology. So we're always interested, and obviously want to work with manufacturers that that are focused on sustainable technology. So. Um, yeah, that's our future as well. So we're always, uh, always looking to the future to try and do, take the next step, if you will. Mm -hmm. As we should. So I know this is probably going to be really, really hard for you to do. But if you could pick just one aspect of your sustainability policy that we've spoken a little bit of um, in the last few minutes. But if you could pick one aspect of it that maybe more fleets you feel could try and aim to include in their fleet management strategy, what would it be? Ah, great question. Um, I would say the one aspect of our policy that I'd, I do love to talk about, and it focuses not only obviously on our sustainable vehicle procurement, but it's really the immediate steps that, that any fleet manager or anyone can, can take with, with their existing fleet, such as looking at your idle reduction and your fuel consumption, you know, your route optimization, as I mentioned, right-sizing your fleet. You know, you have too many vehicles in your fleet that are costing, uh, costing you money. Um, and along with monitoring your driver behavior. So all these metrics are achievable with a telematic provider. So making sure that you have a system in place that you can monitor all this. And then take the steps to establish goals and your KPIs to realize those objectives. So it's probably, and again, it's not necessarily one aspect, I guess, but there's just so many and they, they all tie together. But it's uh, just taking that first step. People say, well, uh, you know, I just don't have the money to start, you know, electrifying and so forth. But there's things you can do with your existing fleet. Like I say, monitor your, your idling time. Reduce your fuel consumption. You know, that alone is going to help reduce our greenhouse gas emissions and reduce your operating costs as well. So and be, so that's a sustainable effort. So just taking, establishing goals. I guess that's probably my number one key um, would be my number one key focus is just making sure that you as a fleet, you have a goal, you have key performance indicators you want to, want to monitor and, and uh, you know, moving forward with, with a plan, I guess that's, that's key. 
Sure thing. So is there anything else surrounding sustainability or electrification? Because I know it's a massive topic and one that we both share a passion for, and there's no way that we can cover it in such a short time. But is there anything else that you'd like to add or that you'd like to note that you're excited about? Uh, yes. I guess I'd say if that is, you know, people are unsure, and as I just mentioned, if, if they're not sure where to start with a sustainability policy, um, you need to have something vetted and approved by senior management. As, uh, as a uh, one fleet manager, and uh, I won't mention names right now, but uh, as he's, I will steal some of his thunder, but uh, and he has a very simple saying that says, from, it's a top-down mandate and bottom-up sell. So you need to make sure that you have management approval. They understand what you're trying to do and create some type of a policy policy, whether it's approved just in-house, whether it's approved by the city manager, city council, commission, whatever that may be. But uh, once you have that policy in place, then you can begin to work with your customers so they can understand the importance of your sustainable efforts. And I'd be more than happy to share our fleet sustainability policy with anyone if they're interested. Just send me an email and obviously I'll send you a copy, but it's just somewhere to start. You know, you have to have that plan or that goal in place to say, okay, these are uh, these are achievable results. These are our goals down the road. You know, 10% of our uh, light-duty fleet, we're going to electrify. And, and and one question I do get asked quite often is, you know, if I, I just don't have the money to start buying electric vehicles. Well, that's really not necessarily the case. Because if you have any type of data, obviously, as a fleet management operation, you know what your operating costs are for your internal combustion engines for gasoline-powered vehicles. And when you can put the numbers to the operating cost of an electric vehicle, uh, and there are n- numerous agencies out there now that have been dr- utilizing electric vehicles for years, you know what those costs are. So those payback uh, periods, whether it be two years, in our case, it's it's about just a little over two years. We can, we can pay for that electric vehicle, even though there were higher initial upfront costs. In the long run, with the overall operating costs are much lower. So you can justify the cost of an electric vehicle. You just need to put that together in, in, a, in a spreadsheet and prove to management that, look, we we can buy electric um, in our fleet. And the more electrics we buy, the more money we're going to save. So you just need to take your data and put that information together. And um, that's probably key. You just you have to get started. You have to do something. And mm-hmm. uh I think that's the easy way to do that is you can, with your own information, you can prove that, yes, senior management, we can buy electric vehicles, and here's how we can do that. Here's how much money we can save in the long run. Mm-hmm. And the longer you operate those electric vehicles, the more money you're going to save. So it's uh, it's, a, it's a win-win. Absolutely. I mean, you know, data is key to everything, right? <laughs> so <Absolutely>. it seems. <laughs> And so you mentioned um, email, but just for anyone that would like to continue this conversation outside of Fleet FYIs, which I'm sure there will be quite a few, what is the best way to get in contact with you? Best way is through my email. It's mstevens, that's S-T-E-V-E-N-S, at cityofsacramento.org. Sounds good. That's fantastic. Well, Mark, again, I'd just like to thank you for your time to join me on Fleet FYIs. We've had such a great time hosting you today. Gretchen, thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
When I think about what it means to be a sustainable fleet, or even just sustainable in general, I think that Mark absolutely nailed it when he spoke about focusing on what you can do initially and then forming a plan to take it one step further. It's almost kind of like asking for paper rather than plastic bags at a grocery store and then looking to purchase a reusable bag for your main groceries and perhaps even your produce when you're ready to ditch the store-provided bags altogether. Sometimes all it takes to truly become sustainable is simply knowing that you can be. I mean, you can take baby steps at first, start with your core KPIs like Mark was mentioning, reducing your idle time, reducing fuel consumption, and a few others, and then go from there. And who knows, you might find yourself just like Mark, looking to add alternative fuel vehicles and assets to your fleet on a regular basis. But who am I to predict? Only time will tell. Hey there, I think this is the time that I should cue the virtual high five because you've just finished listening to another episode of the Fleet FYI's podcast. If you're already wanting more content, head over to utilimark.com, which is utilimark with a C, U-T-I-L-I-M-A-R-C.com for the show notes and extra insights coming straight from our analysts to you. That's all from me this week. So until next time, I'll catch you later.